0: Welcome to worship at Edmonds United Methodist Church.
1: No matter where you are on life's journey,
0: no matter what you believe or doubt, no matter
2: how much or how little you have,
1: no matter your
3: race, gender, or immigration status, and no
2: matter whom you love, you are beloved, belong, are welcome.
4: We say these words every Sunday to remind ourselves that even though the world sometimes places limits on belovedness or worth,
1: God God doesn't. doesn't. So friends, welcome.
5: Good morning. And welcome to worship here at Edmonds United Methodist Church. My name is Donna Pritchard. I'm the pastor appointed to serve here. And this is Lisa Burns
0: here to fill in. <laughs> <laughs> no,
5: Dale, please, sorry. She is our lay liturgist for the day. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> and a fabulous one at that. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you, Lisa. Yeah. So, um, again, I always have to say this when I'm not wearing the white but wearing the black. Don't worry. I just wanted to be a part of the choir. (laughs) (laughs) And we are so thrilled to have Evergreen Ensemble with us this morning. Many of... Oh, yes. Many of you were gifted with incredible music at the concert last night. If you missed it... It's not to be missed. And you'll have another opportunity today at three o'clock down in Seattle. And there's information in the bulletin about how you might get tickets and where you might find them performing. Um, We have another special guest here today. And um, May, would you like to stand? This is May Cannon. May is the, let me get this right, Executive Director of Churches, Chris, or is it Churches for Peace in the Middle East, oh, and she is, uh, <clears throat> she will be leading a uh, time of conversation and answering some questions in the chapel immediately following worship, get your cup of coffee or tea and a cookie or what have you, and then go on in and have the opportunity to uh, wrestle together with the crying need for peace in the Middle East. Um, Let's see, today is also Veterans Day Sunday, and so if you are a veteran in any branch of the military service, would you please stand so we might acknowledge and thank you. On the screen in the narthex, you'll find a rolling slideshow of members of this congregation who are veterans, and again, we thank you for your service. And now, oh, I'm supposed to invite you to fill out the Connect card, Uh, especially if you have a a prayer request, because this is a way that we um, find out about what your needs are and we hold those in prayer during the week. Um, So, there are some cards in the pews, also a uh, QR code on the bulletin. And now, if you would stand as you are able for the call to worship.
0: The buzz of the world interrupts our lives. Are you on? I thought so. (laughs) So sorry. We had a last minute mic issue. The buzz of the world. No, other way, so sorry. The buzz of the world <laughs> interrupts our lives and fills our ears.
5: Call Come. us into your way of life, O oh God.
0: The complaints of others settle in our mind and cloud our vision.
5: Lead, Lead us into your vision of life, O oh God.
0: The cries of the poor, the oppressed, the outcast, pierce our hearts.
5: Guide, Guide us in, in your, your example world. of living for
0: others, O God. Fill our hearts, fill our eyes, fill our ears with your love, O God.
5: Let us be your hands and feet in the world, O God. Let, o God. Let us worship you together.
0: Please remain standing or uh, be risen in your heart for our opening hymn
5: but before that but before that before we get to that so so we want to uh, share the peace of christ I'm with so one sorry. another as we first timer first timer <laughs> as we celebrate uh, our life together yes. and uh, as we celebrate also this gift of our land which was actually the ancestral lands of the Coast Salish peoples. Uh, we invite you to share the peace of Christ with signs that are uh, comfortable for both you and your partner. May the peace of Christ be with you all. And also with you. Peace be with
0: you. <laughs> <I'm> so sorry. <laughs> oh, you're doing great.
3: Good morning, children, come on up. We are on week two of talking about praise and thanksgiving during Sunday school and somebody very smart one time once said, all the things we don't acknowledge fall into the long bag we drag behind us. That's Robert Bly. So we all have experiences that make up our lives. And so I brought some things that show some of my experiences. So I brought a backpack because I'm an adventurer. I love to be outside. I love to rock climb, and to backpack, and to run, and all kinds of wild things in the wilderness. And I brought a picture not a very good picture. Don't look too closely. But this is a picture of five of us, four of my best friends who I grew up in church with, who I still know. This is when it was COVID and we were all on the screen together. But one of my experiences is that I have very good friends who I have known since infancy. And so that's just like this little beautiful gift that sits in my bag that I drag behind me. And whoops, another one of my experiences is that I'm an auntie and I've got lots of nieces and nephews who I love, love, love. So I just put that in my bag. And let's see here, I've run a couple marathons, I love to be outside. I ran a marathon called the Wild Woman Marathon, which feels very important for a lot of reasons. And I've got this beautiful book, Braiding Sweetgrass. I grew up, and I was always a pretty good student, and I love to learn, and I love to read. So those are some of the experiences that make up my life. Oh, and this is a very important one. What do you think this flips? It's a spatula. What do you think it flips? Oh my goodness, yes, pancakes. So I grew up going to my lake cabin in the Midwest in Minnesota where my grandparents lived and my grandfather made us pancakes every single morning. And that's one of the things I remember is being very well loved by my grandfather. So those are some of the good experiences. And then I grew up and I had some more experiences, some that are a little, Less happy, okay? So I'm gonna have you hold that for a sec. So remember how I was talking about friendships and how I'm really lucky because I've always had very good friends? Well then friendships got a little complicated when I was a little bit older and a little more hurtful and that felt really heavy and kind of weighed me down. And you know, I was married and I always thought I would stay married and then I didn't, whoops. So that feels heavy too, and you know sometimes we have really good life experiences and then sometimes we have really heavy ones. So I'm wondering, does anybody want to try to drag this bag around? Okay, Isaac, you think you got it? Okay give it a pull. You can do it. You are doing it very nicely. Sometimes that's the way it goes, right? People don't know all the weight we're carrying because we carry it well enough, right? But here's the thing. God says that all of those experiences that make up our lives, they have nothing to do with who we are. The good things don't make us who we are and the bad things don't make us who we are. Because the truth is, we are just wildly and wholeheartedly loved in the image of God. That's what God tells us. And God tells us to let it go. Let the weight go. And that's one way that we can praise and give thanks to God. So let's pray. Dear God, God. thank thank you for loving us exactly how we are. Amen.
5: to give a brief introduction to the scripture, which we will hear in just a moment. We're doing something a little bit different today because you're going to be hearing a paraphrase of the story of Esther. Now, like many of the Hebrew scriptures, the book of Esther is an anonymous work. We do not know who wrote it, We think it probably was written during the years following the Babylonian exile, when Persia had replaced Babylon as the ruling power. It is set in Susa, which was one of the Persian capitals, and it is set during the reign of King Ahasuerus, who is better known by his Greek name of Xerxes and who ruled from 486 to 464 BCE. Now during this time, some Jews had returned to Jerusalem and there they enjoyed a reasonable amount of control over their own affairs. But others like Esther and Mordecai were still living in exile. They were a minority group there, and they were viewed with suspicion, often facing threats to their existence. So the book of Esther, then, is the story of how an exiled Jewish girl becomes the queen of Persia and saves her people from a plot to destroy them. It was probably written to explain the origin of the Feast of Purim. And Esther's story is a larger part, or is a part of the larger story of divine providence. Although God is not specifically mentioned anywhere in the book of Esther, it does show us that even when God is hidden, there is divine power at work for good in the world. It's also a story of human responsibility. Both Esther and Mordecai show great initiative and courage. You know, the providence of God does not let us off the hook. We have our work to do. Finally, it's a story about the absurdity of wickedness. The proud and powerful people of this world may not be as powerful as they imagine themselves to be. Let's listen now as Bob and Lisa offer us a condensed version of Esther's story.
4: Morning, Good morning, church. <coughs> my name is Bob Dixon. My co-reader this morning is Lisa Burns. This morning's scripture reading is a paraphrased adaptation of the story of Esther. You we were invited to remain seated for the reading. Before we begin with the lesson, I would like to express my appreciation to this congregation. As many of you know, I've been on the prayer list for the better part of a year. When I left the hospital a year ago, I was placed in hospice care. Doctors apparently thought I was terminal. Thanks to your prayers and the care of my wife, been able to, I am able to be here with you today. Thanks all to those who called, dropped in, or sent cards. I'm not sure I would be here before you today if it were not for your prayers. Queen Esther came to the throne after Queen Vashti publicly defied her husband. King Ahasuerus had a banquet. The king's advisors suggested that women everywhere might be inspired by her actions to defy their husbands, so Ashti had to go. Esther is in a, oops, sorry, wrong page. It's okay. But who could replace Vashti as queen? Beautiful young women were summoned from far and wide, and among them was the young Jewish woman named Esther. The king fell in love with Esther and made her his queen.
0: Meanwhile, a villain called Haman is promoted to be the king's second in command. With his promotion comes a little bit of arrogance. Haman insists that all people bow down to him as a sign of their respect. Esther's cousin Mordecai, a faithful worshiper of God, refuses to break the laws of his faith. You may recall the first commandment, you shall have no gods before me. Mordecai won't bow down to Haman. Haman is pretty upset by this disrespect and plans not only the execution of Mordecai, but the genocide of the Jewish people throughout the Persian empire from India all the way to Ethiopia.
4: So what does Esther do? <clears throat> Esther is in a dilemma. If she approaches a king without being invited, he has the right to kill her. <clears throat> if she does nothing, she will be killed along with her people. Esther calls on her people to pray and fast. She approaches the king and is permitted to speak. She invites the king to a banquet that she has prepared for Haman and, and him. At the banquet, Esther invites the two men to a second banquet. That's where we take up today's story.
0: So the king and Haman went into the feast with Esther, Queen Esther. On the second day, as they were drinking wine, the king again said to Esther, What is your petition, Queen Esther? It shall be granted you. And what is your request? Even to the half of my kingdom it shall be fulfilled. Then Queen Esther answered, if I have won your favor, O king, and if it pleases the king, let my life be given me, that is my petition, and the lives of my people, that is my request. For we have been sold, I and my people, to be destroyed, to be killed, and to be annihilated.
4: Then King Ahasuerus said to King Esther, who is he? And where is he that is presumed to do this? Esher said, A foe and an enemy that is wicked at Haman. And Haman was terrified before the king and the queen. And Harbona, one of the eunuchs in attendance to the, on the king, said, Look, the very gallows that Haman has prepared for Mordecai, whose words saved the king, stands at Haman's house, fifty cubits high. And the king said, Hang him on that. So they hanged Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Then the anger of the king abated.
0: On that day, King Ahasuerus gave to the Queen Esther the house of Haman, the enemy of the Jews, and Mordecai came before the king, for Esther had had told what he was to her. Then the king took off his signet ring, which he had taken from Haman, and gave it to Mordecai. So Esther set Mordecai over the house of Haman. Then Esther spoke again to the king. She fell at his feet weeping and pleading with him to avert the evil design of Haman and the plot that he had devised against the Jews. See, uh, sorry, then King Ahasuerus said to Queen Esther and to the Jew Mordecai, see I have given Esther the house of Haman and they have hanged him on the gallows because he plotted to lay hands on the Jews. You may write as you please with regard to the Jews in the name of the king and seal it with the king's ring. For an edict written in the name of the king and sealed with the king's
4: ring cannot be revoked. And Mordecai went out from the presence of the king wearing royal robes of blue and white with a great royal crown, golden crown and a mantle of fine linen and purple while the city of Susa shouted and rejoiced. The Jews, there was light and gladness, joy and honor. In every province and in every city, wherever the king's command and his edict came, there was gladness and joy among the Jews, a festival and a holiday. For the word of God in scripture, the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks, Thanks be to God. to God. So please rise and body your spirit as you are able and join in the singing of the hymn of preparation. Mm
5: appropriate to dress for the occasion today. (laughs) Grace and peace to you from God and from Jesus Christ who calls us together. It may be the newest blockbuster or one of the oldest stories in the book. An unknown and unlikely heroine comes from obscurity to save her people from a heartless, self-obsessed and power-hungry villain. And in the end, good triumphs over evil and they all live happily ever after, except those who don't. The story of Esther easily matches up with the story arc of so many modern movies. And who could forget its most striking moment? The tagline of the tale. When Esther learns of Haman's plot to kill the Jews and Mordecai suggests she needs to take the lead because, here's what he says, Perhaps you have come to royal dignity for just such a time as this. We remember that line, we gravitate toward it, and it speaks to us because it could be true for any one of us. Replace royal dignity with your own circumstance and you begin to see Perhaps you have come to your job. Perhaps you have come to your friends. Perhaps you have come to your family. Perhaps you have come to your church or your community or your planet for just such a time as this. Try as we might to avoid it, to deny it or to ignore it, Each of us has a part to play in the drama of human life and in the story of faith. Each of us has a part to play. And all of us will be called upon at one time or another to take the lead. The late representative John Lewis puts it this way in his book, Across the Bridge. He writes, it is the responsibility yet the individual choice of each of us to use the light we have to dispel the darkness. Because if we do not, the power of falsehood rises. Through through our inaction, it becomes stronger and a more potent force. It can even lead to the dimming of the light of all humanity. That is why we struggle. That is why we fight to contribute to the confirmation of what is good, to seal our compact with love within our own lives and within the world. Knowing we are here for just such a time as this, trusting that God is with us when we are called to take the lead, however ill-prepared or uncertain we may feel. I think this is in part what it means to be a person of faith. Esther finds herself in a dire situation. Confronting the king could mean losing her status, her prestige, even her life. But not confronting the king could mean the destruction of her family and her people. Esther is in that proverbial, perplexing position, stuck between a rock and a hard place. So she chooses to stick her neck out. She chooses to risk her life, her royal position, her comfort, her riches. She risks it all. For a greater purpose. Sometimes that is what faithfulness requires. I am reminded of the old adage attributed to Lewis Gerstner, watch the turtle, it only moves forward by sticking its neck out. Brene Brown, research professor who studies courage, vulnerability, shame, and empathy suggests our ability to be daring leaders will never be greater than our capacity for vulnerability. You know, sticking one's neck out implies and requires a certain vulnerability. It requires a certain amount of honesty and authenticity. Yesterday at the strategic planning retreat, about 90 of you, 90 of you, exhibited this kind of daring leadership. You were willing, and you found out you were able to stick your neck out, to risk the vulnerability of honesty as you shared with your siblings what you think is good and hopeful about this church and worked together to find a measure of consensus about what could be even better, about our work together for the sake of our mission to nurture disciples of Christ in world-changing work. Could I have the first slide, please? So we set out to provide five priorities for the next five years. We ended up with six. Now, they may evolve and become five again, because that sounds so nice, five for five, or perhaps we will stay with six. But here they are, my friends. Next slide. First on the list, children, youth, and families. Secondly, social justice work. Thirdly, the work of welcome, inclusion, and diversity. Fourth, stable leadership and governance five community service and outreach and six music in the vulnerability called for in the life of this church we will find not the kind of vulnerability that esther faced we won't find that the only way out between our own rocks and hard places will require us to risk our very lives. Yet we will have to take our own risks. We will have to acknowledge our own fears, weaknesses, and doubts. And the extent to which we can do that openly and honestly, the extent to which we can be vulnerable and authentic with each other, will determine in large part our success when we are taking the lead. Again, in Brene Brown's words, courage is contagious. Every time we choose courage, we make everyone around us a little bit better and a little braver. To read the Bible is to read story after story of people who, like Esther, decided to choose courage. The story of salvation is the story of the contagion of courage. So when we ask how each of the biblical characters fit the time in which they lived, we must also ask that same question of ourselves. How do we fit? this time in which we live? To what is God calling us in this time? How might our choosing courage make the world a little braver today? It is interesting to note that in the entire book of Esther, God is not mentioned by name even once. And yet this little book was not cast aside when it came under scrutiny nearly 2,000 years ago. Instead, it was elevated to the status of scripture for Jews and later for Christians. The writers of Esther's story, along with its earliest readers, understood what it means to live faithfully when God does not seem to speak. Esther's story teaches us to hang on to the larger story, the story of God's justice, the story of God's reign, especially when immediate events seem to suggest the opposite. I think Mark Nepo is onto something when he writes, it takes an avalanche of tragedy or a whisper of grace to make us admit we are more than our fears. It may take an avalanche of tragedy. Severe storms, never-ending drought, devastating fires, pervasive racism, political oppression, outright warfare in far too many parts of the globe. It may take an avalanche of tragedy or it could just take a whisper of grace for us all to finally admit we are more than our fears. And so we can begin at last to take the lead ourselves. Thanks be to God, amen. together in a time of prayer, I would invite you to take a look at the prayer list in the bulletin and we'll take a few moments in silence for you to lift these persons and situations as well as those closest to your own hearts this day. Let us pray. Eternal God, we are ever so aware of our ties to the biblical world as we have today entered the world of Esther. We grieve that so little has changed in our public life since Esther's day. There is still intrigue in high places. There are still unholy alliances. There is still the fear which drives us to do away with perceived enemies. There is still the tendency of the powerful to hang on to power at any expense. There is still the problem of evil disguised as good. There is still the use of deceit to gain selfish ends. We are at a loss to know how to interrupt the corruption and turn off the injustice suffered by so many. So we ask your aid as we go about building our lives, our nation, and our world. Keep us from disillusionment when faced with deceit. Help us not to lose faith in people just because of the faithlessness of some. Remind us of the wonder of your world keep true in us an expectant spirit, which sees the good and expects the eventual triumph of all that is good and right and just. As in Esther's day, may we not forget to make days of feasting and thanksgiving and gladness and give you thanks for your goodness to us. Be with us, O God you who turn sorrow into gladness, weakness into strength, defeat into triumph. Be with us so that we can continue to be with one another in service to the world. Hear us now as we pray together the prayer which Jesus taught. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come,
0: I invite us now into a time of giving. The plates will be passed uh, in the sanctuary. You may also give, those of you online and also here in the sanctuary, uh, online on our website at edmondsumcorg give, or you may mail a check to 828 Casper Street, Edmonds, Washington, 98020. Let us be generous as God is generous to us. Loving God, we thank you for your generosity toward us. And we pray that you would bless these gifts from our hearts. May we truly use them to be your hands and feet in our world. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated.
5: I have just a few announcements that I would like to make this morning. Uh, First of all, next steps now with our strategic plan. The next step will be uh, next Sunday, the 19th of November. uh, Right after worship, uh, we will have a special all-church conference right here to formally adopt the six priorities for our work moving forward. At the end of the vote then, those of you who have um, volunteered to serve on teams, to flesh out those priorities, to figure out, well, how are we gonna do this? Uh, We're gonna invite you to come and be organized as a team and to determine when you're gonna meet together and begin the work of creating some goals for our common work. So don't wanna miss next Sunday. Um, also, you'll notice that there are, uh, there's still a need for some volunteers who would like to help flesh out our priority of children, youth, and families by helping with the youth retreat next weekend as well. So uh, talk to Karen if that's something that you might be able to do. Um, and then, you know what? I look at the bulletin announcements and I'm a little bit stunned. It's almost Christmas. <laughs> Don't forget on the 26th of November, we will do hanging of the greens following worship and many hands make light work. So please plan to stay for that. Uh, if you have children or grandchildren or neighbor children, neighbor grandchildren that want to be in the pageant, please uh, let talk to Karen about that as well. And today, after worship, we have a couple of opportunities coming to you from the Advocates for Justice. Uh, There's a table in the back with some information about shared parenting. And then don't forget the opportunity to um, meet May. May, did you want to say anything about the time after worship? Come on, why don't you come up to the lectern there and just give us a little glimpse of what's going to be happening in the chapel.
2: Well, thank you for the privilege of worshiping with you. The United Methodist Church was one of our founding members, and you have supported our work at Churches for Middle East Peace for many years. I actually have been speaking about Esther regularly and talking about what's happening right now in the Middle East. Because October 7th, for Jews around the world, was an exclamation mark on the reality that Jews often feel like they are at risk. And so that is a part of the reality. And the other part of the reality is that Palestinians have been living um, without self-determination and under occupation for decades. And today, the death toll is more than 11,000 people in Gaza, more than 4,500 of whom are children. So we're calling for churches to stand in the gap and to give, act, and pray. And so I hope that maybe when you hang your greens, we're going to have an advent prayer chain that will invite people to call your members of Congress, to call for a ceasefire, a release of hostages, and to call for immediate and adequate humanitarian assistance since water, food, and electricity has been cut off from people in Gaza. So there is desperate, desperate need as we pray and work toward peace together. So thank you. Thank you.
5: And now my friends, if you would stand for the singing of the closing hymn. my friends, let us go out indeed to share the good news of the gospel with our words and with our work as we take the lead for Christ. May the peace of Christ go with us all. Amen.